Good morning from the beautiful Pacific Northwest. This is Tech Talk Today, episode 180, freaking five, and it is June 16th. No, it's the 18th. Wow, it's a Thursday. I don't, I don't want to mess you up on that. It's the 18th today, 2015. My name is Chris. We have a lot to get into today that's kind of um, smacking me in the face. There was a story that we let slip through the cracks, and I was like, nah, it won't matter. It won't matter. And then it came back while I was just sitting here in the studio preparing the show, and it went right in my face. I said, Chris, you've got to talk about this story. So mumble room. Good morning. Time appropriate greetings. Are you ready to tear into this story? Let's go for it. Appropriate Do it. Greetings. Do it. Let's now, do it. Uh, you know we've been t- we've been kicking around the whole net neutrality thing uh, for a little while, and actually, last Thursday, I believe it was, Title II went into effect in the United States. Net neutrality essentially went into effect, if I'm uh, understanding. And today, as a result of that, now we didn't really talk about it because there was not a big. Difference. <laughs> Nothing really changed overnight, but things are going to begin to change, at least until the telcos successfully challenge this. Uh, and as one of the first shoes to drop today, Sprint is announced that it is halting data throttling. You know, uh, on these networks, when sometimes you start to use too much data on the unlimited connection, they would start to throttle you. Well, they've been doing that for years now to reduce the flow of data to the heaviest users, especially when the Sprint network was over busy. Uh, Sprint says the practice would have been legitimate, they feel, under the net neutrality rules. They think that's true because net neutrality doesn't really affect wireless. However, uh, they say it isn't 100% confident on the claim. So Sprint doesn't expect users to notice any significant difference in their service. But for now, they're just going to go ahead and turn that off. Well, isn't that interesting? Now, uh, (laughs) a lot of cell phone companies are doing this. So you got to wonder if other companies might also jump into this. Uh, I believe T-Mobile is well-known fact. In fact, when you sign up for a T-Mobile account, they'll tell you that after you use a certain amount of data, they're going to slow you down. They, they give you the heads up while you're si- setting up. It's, there's no sneakiness about it. <laughs> so uh, this, is this the first shoe to drop uh, Mumble Room, or is this just Sprint making a big stink out of nothing? What do you guys think? What do you think? Come on, you think? Come on, you really think that neutrality is working? You are you actually believing it? Be honest with me. I'm not. It's really hard to tell because I, I really haven't felt that it's working for me because, like, my speeds <laughs> are still slow, despite like my provider saying, "Oh, we upped your speed." It's like, no, you haven't. You haven't done crap. Yeah. It's like, well, why are we even paying these people? There needs to be a more serious overhaul over ISPs and data communications in this country. And we need to go back to the 1996 Telecommunications Act and like tell these companies, you need to put this infrastructure in now and not later, yeah. now. Yeah, there's an interesting story in, in the news today about how uh, New York is going after Verizon about their crappy Fios slow rollout. I'm a con in the chat room. He's skeptical. He says, I don't think this is net neutrality because I didn't think Sprint was doing this. Well, I think Sprint is if they're coming out in a statement saying that they're going to stop. However... I don't think it's net neutrality necessarily either. I think it's a smokescreen. Because the net neutrality regulations, if you recall, Google and Verizon specifically fought very, very hard for this, don't apply to wireless. They only apply to wired connections. And Sprint even says that in their statement, but then they say in the next sentence, well, but we're not 100% clear. What's there not to be clear about? So, uh, I don't know. To me, I think this is about, boy, if I was going to get, hold on, I have, you guys smell that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's conspiracy bacon I'm cooking there. That's delicious, isn't it? I have a little net neutrality conspiracy bacon for you. I think the telcos are going to have to put up their biggest fight ever to try to stop this thing. And if they can start to show real damages today, 
then when they go to build their case in court later, they can say, well, we've lost millions of dollars because we disabled our bandwidth throttling when the Sprint network was busy. And because of that, the Sprint network began dropping more calls. We began losing customers at this percentage rate. And we were, we were unable to complete X amount of connections and data speeds uh, across the board reduced to this amount. Ergo, we believe this cost us X millions of dollars. Net neutrality hurts business. Maybe that's what they're doing. What do you think? Is that too fractal? Too conspiracy bacon? Maybe. WW, what do you think? You think that could be them just trying to make themselves look like a victim here? I think it could be that they're trying to put, not like a victim, but they're trying to say, put themselves in a better light for the public or shareholders ah. and say, and say, oh, no, we, we don't do this. You know, you know, we're done with this. Because on the other hand, AT&T just got fined over $100 million for doing this. So they could totally spend this and for their PR and make it into a positive. Yeah, that could just be it, too, is it could just be uh, taking advantage of the political climate. Uh, speaking of taking advantage of the political climate, DuckDuckGo has seen a 600% growth in users since Edward Snowden's leaks. Uh, Game Weinberg uh, stopped, by DuckDuckGo, or stopped by CNBC. He's the CEO of DuckDuckGo, and he talked a little bit about it. I'm going to play a clip of his interview. You guys are going against all the conventions of how this is supposed to be done, right? You're not collecting information. You're based in Pennsylvania, right? <laughs> yeah, that's I mean, right. Come on. Uh, but, but uh, Pennsylvania. First of all, okay, if you're not collecting user information, how are you going to make money? How are you going to become a big brand that people can trust long term? So already we're doing about 3 billion searches a year, so we're already pretty mainstream. But it's really a myth that you need to track people to make money in search. So we make money just with keyword advertising. You know, type in car and you get a car ad. Um, and it's, it's really that straightforward. Google tracks you on all these other sites because they run huge advertising networks and other properties, you know, like Gmail and Photos. And so they need that search engine data to track you. And that's why ads, you know, follow you around the Internet. You've probably seen that. But in the programmatic era, isn't more granular data even more important? I mean, are you seeing your revenue continue to be stable even as these networks want more information to target that advertising? Yeah, on search, and that's the thing. If you just focus on web search, you don't really need to track people. Um, and that's what consumers huh, don't huh. really understand, huh. is that their data is being leaked Look at that for other spike. reasons that they don't even realize. Have you done, you must have run some numbers that looked at what you could be making if, in fact, you tracked. Yes? Yeah, it's actually, you don't lose that much because the most lucrative advertising is things like mortgages and cars. Oh. And people just literally type that into the search engine. Listen to that. And people bid, advertisers just bid for those keywords. So what is different about the products data. that you're running from when you have a private browser window in an existing browser, when you go incognito in Chrome? Because there are options to turn on private browsing for whatever yeah. mainstream server you're using. This is another big big myth that people have, is incognito mode actually is only for your computer and not around the internet. So when you're in incognito mode, you know, Google's still tracking you, your ISP still knows where you're going, all the sites you visit can still track you, including advertisers. It's just when you leave incognito mode, you know, your, your spouse can't see where you were. <laughs> Good, I guess. I, um, uh, how much share can you take? in terms of search? And is there a ceiling on that because of the, the model you've chosen to build? 
So Pew Research has been doing these kind of amazing privacy studies recently. The last one, they said that 40% of Americans would prefer a no-tracking search engine. So we think our market share could go really high. That's huge. Um, our main issue is just no one has heard of us. You know, our brand awareness is still pretty low. But yeah. Apple included you in iOS 8 as an yes. option. How much did that actually help your, your growth? A lot. So we've grown 600% since the uh, you know, surveillance revelation started two years ago. Um, and like I said, we're doing 3 billion searches a year now. Gabriel, my, my idea is that it would make a big difference if consumers just knew what's out there about them yep. and who's yep. got the information yep. and then have the ability to turn things on and off. What do you think of that idea of just a, a clearinghouse where people can just see what's being collected? You've hit on exactly the right thing. I mean, people want, they want transparency, they want to know what's going on, they want control so they can opt out. And unfortunately, they're usually getting neither today. How come nobody's asking for that? They're starting to ask for it. I think people, Gosh, I think this is so people great. legitimately were throwing up their hands. Yes, saying, I think so too. I, I, I don't know. I can't do anything. And now we're offering an Apple, like you commented, is offering some real choice. That is a great interview. And uh, this is, wow. Uh, so this week, that is exactly the point I was making on this week's Coda Radio, like to a T. In Coda Radio 158 Privileged Programmers. Uh, I, I talked in there about how I think privacy and encryption is going to be the new fo- fanboy holy war. We're gonna we're gonna fall down a little bit on the sides of. I mean, we'll still care about operating systems and things like that. But the next wave of real tech fans, the fight there is gonna be more about models of privacy and protection. And do you keep your information private? Do you believe in you know keeping your information safe, or are you comfortable with uh, turning it over to something that maybe that's creating something amazing? Like, I, anyways, I don't want to get ruin the whole thing. It's all in one fifty eight, uh, and. Uh, yeah, uh, a small Imacons um, is a small detail. I kind of it kind of highlighted uh, at the end. Apple has DuckDuckGo as a default now. You know, I, I don't, is it the default or whatever Bing is? I don't know, but yeah, iOS eight started shipping with DuckDuckGo in there, which was huge for them. Now, WW pointed out uh, this story to me. Uh, Uber uh, is potentially having in California to relook at how it does its contractors and make them employees. You know, those Uber drivers that are driving around, they may have to become Uber employees, right? WW. Yeah, um, one of the um, basically someone who signed up for Uber and started driving around hasn't gotten paid, and they ended up suing Uber. So in the process of that, the uh, labor commission for transportation basically said, "Wait, why isn't this? Why aren't you doing this with all your people Uh or things like that?" So can of worms was opened. (laughs) uh, Oh yeah. So now they're looking at making everyone. Um, pretty much an Uber employee. But on the other hand, Uber is now, they're going to appeal this. So you're going to be seeing much more of this in the news because this is going to be halted for a little bit while the, it battles out in court over, uh, over to the commission. And apparently for some strange reason, the California Labor Commission is against employees. So, you know, this could go either way. And if this is successful, then that's going to mean other drivers are going to just be able to, you know, see Uber on this on the same premise. Yeah, I wonder if that's what I was wondering. Is like, is this something unique to California, or is this going to be a domino effect that starts to happen here? Oh, if it, if it happens in California, who knows? It might happen in other, you know, states. I'd really like to see if anybody hmm. else knows if this has happened in their local area. That could be an Uber mess for Uber, but uh, I don't know. That'd be a fun one to watch. Uh, I have not yet taken an Uber, but I am tempted to. I know they're active around here in Seattle, at least. 
I should try it. Get some on the hand on the scene look reporting in. Uh, speaking of on the hands reporting, let's talk just really briefly about the freaking Apple Watch. Um, Apple Watch sales estimated to be at two point eight million. Sports bands for Apple may cost them around two dollars in parts. Uh, two point eight million is a really huge deal because Android Wear didn't break at more than a thousand in all of twenty fourteen. Uh, wow, 2.8 million in the United States, just in the U.S. alone, according to Reuters. Uh, they previously estimated 1 million uh, on, pre- or on pre-order. That's pretty nuts. Uh, the report claims that about 70% of those Apple Watch customers proceeded to spend hundreds of dollars on extra bands in the smartwatches, enabling Apple to make a profitable double dip into customers' wallets. Wow! Wow, 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 wow. They say that more and more customers are upgrading the buckles. It's a psychological thing. Chief of research of the head of U.S. business, she says at consumer research at the consumer research firm. She says I start with the least investment, and then I spend more money, but I get something else. So consumers like they get the watch, they like it, and they're buying the bands. Like Apple is selling more and more of these freaking bands. Uh, Apple's in-store res- reservations begin earlier this week, so all of these sales are before Apple is even really selling them in the store and all of their freaking stores. Wow, that is nuts. That is. That is a successful. That's a successful launch. I think. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I actually think it is. I, I'm conscious he's not surprised in the chat room by it. I don't know. I actually am kind of surprised by it. Anybody in the uh, mumble room have an Apple Watch? Nope. Maybe that's why I feel so surprised because it's so outside sort of our our immediate group here that um, it just doesn't seem like it's that huge. But uh, it, it, the reason why those numbers are big is that means it has already way way outsold. At this point in its life, they have they have way outsold what the iPad did at this point in its life. They've way out way 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 outsold what the iPhone did at this point in its life. Like this is already selling phenomenally better than the iPad or the iPhone did at this rate. So that is a really successful product. Now, will it slow down? Like people thought it was. I, I ran a story three weeks ago saying that uh, the the watch sales were going to slow down, but Reuters is saying it's not. Um, kind of funny with the bands thing. It kind of reminds me of um, Swatch when um, that was so popular in the 80s and 90s <laughs> where you could switch out your watch bands and totally change it around. That yes. was like the end thing. Yes, yes, that's a good call. Yeah, I kind of I kind of ran, uh, ran a commercial that reminded me of that a little bit um, a while back. Uh, you know, I was just looking. There's rumors already about what the next uh, – you guys, I don't know if you guys probably don't care. But there's rumors that the next Apple Watch – is going to have uh, Apple Watch 2 will include FaceTime. And, uh, yeah, FaceTime, expanded Wi-Fi capabilities, and new models, even one starting over $1,000. It'll ship with WatchOS 2. The report uh, is coming from 9to5Mac. The Wi-Fi chip inside the Apple Watch 2 will expand the wrist-worn device free Wi-Fi capabilities for basic tasks, including text messaging, emailing, and up-to-date weather data. The new wireless chipset will f- enable Find My Watch for tracking a lost or stolen misplaced Apple Watch using Wi-Fi router triangulation technology as opposed to GPS. That's neat. Similar, similar battery life, it says, the new Apple Watch. Apple, Watch is, Apple is exploring different Apple Watch variations beyond the sport. Um, we're starting anywhere between $1,000 and $10,000 for some of these units. Uh, the report claims it's possible but not certain that Apple may release a new watch models based on metals such as titanium or even platinum. Uh, and they say maybe, uh, they don't say when, they say 2016. They don't say when in 2016. So there you go. Yeah, that's, 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 your, that's, your watch, that's your watch update, everybody. And meanwhile, I took my Pebble swimming, and it works fine still. 
So there's a plug for the Pebble. I took it swimming, and it's fine. Now, this next thing Angela found a while back, and then it was resubmitted to our subreddit, and I really wanted to talk to you guys about it. it I think I'm going to back this because I have sleep apnea. I've gotten studied. I went in for a sleep study years ago, and it was something like I got woke up like, I don't know, it was like a lot. It was like 30 times a minute or something really ridiculous. And uh, I, I've tried different sleep apnea machines, and uh, it just has not worked very well for me. Well, this is a pretty cool solution. It's called Airing. Airing, I think. It's the first hoseless, maskless micro CPAP, uh, and it goes right in your nose, and it looks really neat. And if you've got sleep apnea, this might be, or somebody you know might have sleep apnea, this might work really well. When you see a problem, my brain just... Oh, per hour, thanks, yeah. ...about how I could put these things together, these, these materials or these processes together to really solve that problem. There's a personal satisfaction I get in being able to take technology and do something very meaningful and important and valuable with it. My name is Stefan Marsh. I'm the inventor of the airing technology and the president of the company. My name's Tom Cottons. I live in Southborough, Massachusetts with my wife. I'm a farmer. That's what I like to do. I found I had sleep apnea through a test. Sleep apnea is an inability to maintain normal ventilation during sleep. Oftentimes, there's very dramatic snoring, gasping, and choking in the night. Why it's important to treat sleep apnea is the longer-term consequences, and that's where the associations with heart disease, metabolic disease, higher risk of stroke, coronary disease, heart attack. When you stop breathing and there's no oxygen going to your brain, that's going to do some damage over time. The most common treatment is delivery of airway pressure through a mask. It wasn't working for me. It was um, extremely cumbersome. I didn't want to take the mask off. I wanted to rip the mask off. It's a minority of patients who are able to tolerate the treatment at home. So I've got to find some way to deal with this and keep a smile on my face. Man starts out usually doing things in a, in a way that's brute force, but sometimes you can figure out a way to do it that's a little bit more elegant, a little bit easier, simpler, but that usually requires an invention. <laughs> this is amazing. I, I, I really think that uh, if this works, this will be the answer for... Um, 99% of them, they'll never go back to using that Star Wars uh, piece on their head again. When I see this, I say, how can that possibly get the air in me? When I first talk to people about this, um, and I say, well, you know, we have these little micro pumps, and, and it turns out that they're very powerful, and they can, they can pump the right amount of air at the right amount of pressure. Their first response is, no way, get out of here. And, you know, and I go, well, yes, I think we can because our micro pumps, our micro blowers are very, very small. It's based on two membranes that are electrostatically attracted or repelled from each other. Opposite charges attract, and that's the bellows closing and blowing the air out. And light charges repel, and that's the bellows opening and sucking air in. And if hundreds and hundreds of these little bellows are plus and minus, plus and minus going together, you get a large amount of air to flow through. Zinc Air Batteries is a battery technology that has a lot of stored energy in it. It's very dense, which means it could be very small and have the right amount of energy. The nose buds, they're easy to insert. Really, it's one hand, grab it, stick it in your nose, you're done. The molded silicon rubber is extremely pliable. Everybody that we've tested it with has found it very comfortable. 
Really, for the first time in this disease, we have a treatment that patients will be willing to use. The long-term consequences of sleep apnea will be reduced. It's comfortable. It's well-tolerated. Patients can sleep in a variety of positions. It's just a perfect treatment. It's almost like you can't wait to try it. I got to know. It's important to get this technology, to get this device, to get the air ring into people's hands as quickly as possible. The fastest way that I know how to do that is to raise a sufficient amount of money so we can manufacture it, produce it, and get it out there. So we're here to ask you to give us a hand. If you can take this simple technology and treat this sleeping disorder, this condition, um, it, it just... That's what technology is for. You've got to go do something that's important. And I can't think of anything more important for these blowers to do than to save somebody's life. So that's pretty cool. Uh, that's like a pretty neat uh, kick. Uh, actually, it's an Indiegogo project. They have uh, 5,486 people that have backed them. Uh, they have raised $511,000 uh, with a goal of $100,000. So they have exceeded their goal for probably pretty obvious reasons. I don't know if it is proven or not. But as somebody who does have sleep apnea and refuses pretty much to use anything to treat it other than uh, other other things like uh, acupuncture, um, exercise, trying to eat better, trying to lose weight, and position of how I sleep, all of those things are sort of how I try to mitigate it. But it really, it doesn't. Nothing is really. I mean, when you're being woken up thirty times an hour, nothing's really going to help completely unless you can breathe uh, and. Uh, I would be really I, – I, I'm going to back this. I'm going to back whatever it takes to, to get one as fast as possible because um, I would love Aren't to try there um, surgeries for sleep apnea yeah, as well? Yeah, yeah. yeah, there is surgeries, although I don't know if they're actually even guaranteed to, to, to resolve the issue. Uh, Sometimes you still need sleep apnea, uh, CPAP after that. Yeah. Yeah, so that just doesn't seem like a great option. <laughs> Uh, For this, I see a challenge is the seal around the nose. This right? type of connection is called nasal pillows, and it's usually a comfort feature. More people tend to have a better seal with the one that goes around the nose. And is that do you, do you think just because maybe the weight of this is going to pull it down, or what do you think? I do think above ten millimeters of mercury, I think it's going to pop out of the nose. Yeah. Well, it usually start sewing out at seven or eight. Maybe I maybe I can put a little maybe I can put a little scotch tape on there and just hold it in. No, I, Actually, it's not a bad idea. Or breathe right strips, yeah, <laughs> breathe right strip on each end. I don't know. I mean, that as 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 brutal and awful as that sounds would still be more appealing than than a regular mask. That's how bad those masks are. And although the other thing with the regular mask too, and this is gonna this is gonna be a little different, is the regular mask too will sometimes uh, have a water reservoir that introduces some 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 moisture to the water, so that way you're not drying your nose and your sinuses out. Whereas this will just be dry air. But that you could also just you know that'll depend on your room. Mouth guards, yeah, there's all kinds. Well, actually, if this is a topic that interests you, go to techtalktoday.reddit.com and find the feedback thread for episode 185 of the Tech Talk Today program. And if this is something you struggle with and you want to uh, collaborate, leave a thread. No, uh, leave a comment in there. I would love to read that. Of course, this isn't going to be effective for mouth breathers. You need a chin strap for that. Yes, yes, that's very true. Patreon.com slash today. That's where you can go to support the Jupiter Broadcasting Network. And uh, that's one of the reasons I'm here to do this show is a thank you for all of our supporters. We have 548 patrons that are making this show and the expansion of the Jupiter Broadcasting Network possible. You guys really rock, and we appreciate the support. And keep an eye on that activity feed. We'll get some more stuff up there soon. I know it's been a couple of days. We've been so busy with self and all that stuff, but we'll have more goodies up there very soon. For those of you who do choose to support, I love that. And if you've just recently joined, go peruse the activity feed. Everything we've ever posted before is available as well. Patreon.com slash today. 
Thanks, everybody. Now, we have an end-of-show clip today that uh, I, I wish I could have done this as a kid. Brought my gaming system into school, and then I got to go to the bathroom and then go play video games in the school. I bet this happens all the time with smartphones now. This is like, to pull this off, it would have taken so much pre-planning. I would have had to pre-charge stuff. I would have had to put my Game Boy or my, my whatever, my game gear in my backpack, bring some games, a battery. It would have been a massive production today. Kids today with their smartphones. Well, this commercial gives you a little taste of that. Thanks for joining me, everybody. See you back here tomorrow for the Friday edition. Woo! Friday edition of the Tech Talk Data Program, 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, TV. See you then. Hey, Mr. Block, can I go to the bathroom? Two minutes. Introducing Lynx from Atari, the color video game you can get away with. Well, sometimes.